Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 29. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Hi, this is Laura Reagan, host of Therapy Chat. Carolyn Deitch, PhD, is a psychologist and the author of books, Anxiety Disorders, The Go-To Guide for Clients and Therapists, The Affect Regulation Toolbox, Practical and Effective Hypnotic Interventions for the Overreactive Client, Anxious in Love, and her latest book, The Road to Calm Workbook, Life-Changing Tools to Stop Runaway Emotions, which comes with a CD as well as an app. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to Carolyn's wisdom about anxiety and her years of being a therapist, what she's learned about the important role of the body in regulating anxiety. So check it out. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Carolyn Deitch, PhD, who is an author. She's a psychotherapist and author. Her latest book is The Road to Calm Workbook. Carolyn, thank you so much for being here on Therapy Chat today. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Yes, me too. I'm so interested in hearing about your your practice, your work, your book, and your other books. So let's just jump right in. First okay. of all, can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and your practice? Yeah, um, I'm a psychologist and I'm the director of the Center for the Treatment of Anxiety Disorders in Michigan. And I work with all sorts of clients, as most psychotherapists do, but I have a special interest in anxiety and helping people manage emotions and deal with anxiety. Wonderful. And so um, do you do direct work with clients there in your, in your center? That's most of what I do. Most of the time, I'm, I'm sitting here like yourself, seeing clients. But in addition, um, I for the last... 12 years or so I've been writing books I've written four and then I do a lot of teaching this afternoon for example I'm teaching a group of of psychologists and social workers and physicians who want to learn about hypnosis which is uh, another specialty of mind and I'm going to Europe soon to be teaching in Austria and Germany so I do a lot I have a wonderful wonderful professional life but most of the time I'm right here in the therapist seat 
And the writing, however, informs my work. That's been a great gift of, of doing the writing. Yes. Yeah, so how did you begin writing about anxiety and all the subjects you talk about? Well, the, I'll, I'll go way back, if that's okay, to the beginning sure. of my career. The beginning of my career, I really felt like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I felt like an imposter. And I was a brand new psychologist. I hadn't finished my PhD yet. I was really... Um, just kind of winging it. And I was getting a lot of referrals with people who had anxiety, many of whom had panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, And there there wasn't, there really weren't, in that time, there weren't very good approaches to treating anxiety. Everything seemed to be psychodynamic. Um, There wasn't even much availability of psychotropic medication. There were some but not what's the kind we have now. So I thought, well, how do I help these people? Their symptoms were really intense. They were really stressed. And yet I was pretty intense as well at trying to figure out how can I help these people get better. And so therein, at that time, I started assembling essentially a kind of toolbox. And then years later, um, I decided that I might uh, write a proposal for a book on affect regulation. Why affect regulation? Well, when people would leave, would terminate treatment for a while, I was asked, what was the benefit of psychotherapy for you? And the most common answer was, I'm less reactive. Hmm. And that was really interesting. So when I thought about, should I write a book? Could I write a book? Would anybody want to read my book? I thought, hmm, I'm going to focus on affect regulation. And in that first book, um, which was pretty successful at one, uh, if I can brag, Society of Clinical Experimental Hypnosis gave it its best book award, best hypnosis. Congratulations. And that was cool. And then, a num- and then I wrote two more books, one on anxiety. It's called the Anxiety Disorders um, Go-To Book mm. for Clients and Therapists. And then I wrote another one on relationships. Um, I got very interested in the whole theme of if somebody's anxious, how does it affect the person with whom they're living? And so I wrote a third book about that. And I thought I was going to retire from writing. I was getting really tired. But W.W. Norton started asking me to write a workbook for clients that was a follow-up for the first book. And a part of me was saying, no, I'm tired. But another part of me thought, I want to get this out there to the clients because the first book was for professionals. So that's been my, my writing career. Um, and I'm, I'm probably most excited about this, this last book because I think it's really, really going to help a lot of people. Wonderful. So I think your book's going to help a great number of people too. your latest book. And obviously your other books have, and, um, the people who are listening, a lot of them are most likely, therapists, but some may be other people who are interested in learning more about um, managing their anxiety and more about um, just, you know, finding peace and contentment and mindfulness. So can you just for anyone who might be unfamiliar, explain what reactivity and um, affect regulation are? Well, essentially, when I talk about affect dysregulation, it I'm talking about the inability to manage emotions. Hmm. And I'm also talking about the incongruity between the stimulus and the reaction and the duration of the reaction. So let me say that in simpler words. We all get reactive. 
we all get reactive to different triggers. But sometimes a stimuli that might be kind of just an aggravation for somebody else and they get over it in about 15, 20 minutes might seem like a tidal wave for somebody else. And for people who have difficulty managing their their emotions, who get very worried easily and the worry sustains, or they get really angry, or they can feel just down in the dumps if they sense some criticism in the air, and they can't let it go, those are people who have difficulties with affect dysregulation. So, it, again, to sum up, it's where the intensity is incongruent with the stimuli and you can't get back to normal. I'll give a metaphor for those of you who've ever had a, or known anybody who had a um, cardiac stress test um, where you get on the treadmill and they, they test your heart. I've had those a couple times. And they want you to get your heartbeat up to 140. But then they want to see how quickly you go back to baseline, how quickly you go back to your normal heartbeat of 60, 70, 80. And those people who have cardiac difficulties, it doesn't go back or it takes a long time. It's the same thing with affect dysregulation. So, and reactivity would be part of that when people, that stimuli just causes too much of a reaction. Too much of the reaction in the body. Yes, And in the affective state, we're talking about that, the emotions, and in the thoughts. So, for example, if somebody was really worried about something, they might feel it in their body. They might have their heart beating really quickly or their hands a little trembly or sweaty. And then accompanied with that might be a thought. It might be like, I can't stand this or this is going to be a disaster or this stomachache is really colon cancer Uh, They might have a worried thought. And then there's the emotions as well. And they might feel on edge or they might feel agitated. They might feel angry. They might feel depressed. So there is the kind of three corners of affect dysregulation. And again, we all have that. If on the way to work somebody gets in a fender bender, they're going to react, of course, or almost gets in an accident. They'll think, oh, no, and their heart will start beating quickly, and um, they'll feel scared or angry if somebody was irresponsible on the road. All of us have emotions like that. It just, what I'm concerned about is if they go on and on, and they're flooded with emotions, and their relationships suffer, their work suffers, and they just don't enjoy their lives because the, the, the reactivity is so strong. And frequent. Yes. So neither of us is here to say that having emotions is not okay. I know that we all as therapists embrace that emotions are all okay, but it's when it's overwhelming you and it's getting in your way and you can't come back. That's what this workbook is about. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And, uh, and there are times where intense emotion is appropriate. Like if you're grieving the loss of someone you love, it's appropriate to have intense sadness. It's appropriate to be uh, here in Michigan. Finally, it's spring. It's I felt overjoyed seeing my first daffodils today uh, coming up after our long Michigan winter. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course, 
it's not emotions that are the problem. It's part of being a human being. So is this workbook intended to be used just by anyone who has anxiety? Or is it to be intended to be used with a therapist or with your other books? This book is intended for anybody who lives. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a pretty broad net. So certainly it's appropriate for people who have diagnosed conditions. I mean, it's really good for people who are depressed or have explosive anger. You told me before that you have a practice with a lot of um, clients who have trauma, um, PTSD. Um, It's appropriate for all those folks. But it's also appropriate um, for the rest of us, too. Um, You know, we have... um, all of us sometimes feel triggered in our relationships. Uh, one of the, the triggers that I talk about is being misunderstood. Well, anybody in a relationship, particularly a romantic relationship, is occasionally misunderstood. And, and some people get very angry about that or very frustrated or very sad because they don't feel attunement from their partner. So I can't think of anybody, this is probably a broad brush statement, but I really can't think of anybody who couldn't find some of the approaches in the book helpful. For example, mindfulness, that's getting very popular, mindfulness or breathing or just taking time every day for a period of time to stop and calm. There's a strategy that is on the app that's coming out and on the audio recording called stress inoculation. I'm a big believer in having some time, maybe in the morning, that's a good time for me, to move into calm. Um, and this, if, if you'd like, I can kind of go through the stress inoculation. I would love that. Thank you. All right. And anybody who's listening who doesn't want to participate in this part, um, you don't need to. But if, if you'd like to, Laura, if you're comfortable, um, you, can, you can do that. So are you comfortable going through it with me? I am. Okay. So what I'd like you to do, I'm not looking at you right now, but I want you to just sit comfortably in the chair. And if the chair isn't comfortable, you can pretend that it's comfortable. <laughs> and what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to close your eyes And roll your eyes up toward your forehead and take in a deep breath. And hold the eyes up, up. You might feel a little tension in them. And then exhale and relax your eyes and close them. If they're not closed, keep them closed. Now, The body's a file cabinet for the mind. So if we have tension, it's somewhere in the body, whether you know it or not. So you're going to have an opportunity now just to quickly release any bodily tension that you may have. So what I'd like you to do, I'm not looking at you, but what I'd like you to do is to take one of your arms, if it's free, and extend it away from your body and then make a fist. And when you've made the fist, just say yes. Yes. Good. And now I'd like you to pretend that all the tension in your body is going into that fist. And you might pretend further that it's a color. It might not be, but if it was a color, what color would it be? 
Do you want me to say out loud? Yeah. <laughs> red. Red. That's a common color. Okay. Maybe a kind of red liquid going into that fist and just hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And now finger by finger, release the fist, slowly release the fist, letting all that red tension go down, down, down to the floor. I don't know if there's carpeting or floorboards in the floor there. And let it go under the floor, under the building you're in, and into the earth, and into the core of the earth, where it is cleansed and far away from you. And now what I'd like you to do, I'd like you simply to focus on your breath. And I'm going to ask you a question. Is there a kind of breathing you like to do? Diaphragmatic breathing or mindful breathing? I do mindful breathing, yeah. Okay. So what I'd like you to do is I'd like you just to, just to focus on the breath. You don't have to change the breath. All you have to do is simply notice the breath. And as you do, you might be curious about the sensations that accompany your breath. Maybe sensations that you would normally overlook. Your mind might wander, and that's normal. But if it does, just go back to the breath. That's right. Maybe even noticing the air going in your nose. Focusing your attention on that space between your upper lip and your nose. Or maybe you'd be more interested in focusing on your abdomen and the rising and falling. And you might notice the air is cooler when you breathe in. And warmer as you breathe out. Or maybe it's too much trouble to notice. But you can simply listen to my voice and focus on your breath. And would it be okay to go a little bit deeper? You can say yes or no. Sure. A way to relax even more, and you're probably familiar with this, is going to a safe place. And maybe you have one of your, of your own now that you've used before, or maybe you'd like to go somewhere different, maybe somewhere on vacation. If you were to go on vacation now, or if you have a safe place, if you wouldn't mind telling me where it is. Always a beach. Always a beach. <laughs> Good. And most people like to relax by the water. And I'm not sure on the East Coast if you're relaxing by the ocean. Yeah. Right. And all I'd like you to do is use all your senses. The color of my book actually is an ocean. And you might just like to imagine what you see. When I think of the ocean I like to go to, I see kind of a blue-green water with white caps, but I don't know what you're seeing. Just see what you see. 
and sometimes like to imagine boats going into deeper and deeper territory in the sea. And you might see the sand. And I don't know if you're walking on the beach or sitting on a beach chair. But I do know that there can be an ocean of calm on a beach. And I wonder what you hear. Maybe you can pretend or remember to hear the sound of the surf with children laughing. The music you're listening to, of course, I don't know. But what I do know is that a beach is very calm and the more senses you use, even your sense of smell, the salt water, sunscreen oil. So I'm going to be quiet while you just go there with all your senses. And as you do, you can relax deeper. And I'd like you to take your thumb and forefinger together, if you would, like an okay signal. And that's a, that's a way to reset this. So later this afternoon or this evening, if you want to go back to your beach, you can just put your thumb and forefinger together. Hmm. Of a phrase, maybe, ocean of calm, or the name of the ocean you go to, or a beach, whatever. And can you feel your thumb and forefinger together? Yes. And just say the phrase, if this works for you, I'm okay. Silently, I'm okay. I'm okay, everything's okay now. Because it is. Everything's always okay in the moment. Everything's okay now. Everything's okay. Now to end your stress inoculation, it's good to affirm that you did it. So I'd like you to say some self-statements. I'll give you some samples, but you say whatever you want. Like, I'm taking time to calm myself. I've taken time to lower my stress temperature. I'm inoculating myself in a good way for anything that comes my way later. I am honoring the need to attend to myself in quiet. So again, I'll be quiet while you just say whatever works for you. What are you noticing now? Well, I really resonated with the, um, I'm honoring what I need in quiet, I think it was. Right. That just kind of even deepened the relaxation a little more. Good. Because one of the things that is true with you and I and some of your therapist listeners, are you okay to listen? I didn't really. Sure. <laughs> just do a little stretching. One, <laughs> two, three, four, and five. Just stretch a little bit again. I'm not looking at you, but just do a little stretching and shake your hands and make sure that you're back here. Are you okay? I'm good. Okay, good. Um, you know, one of the things that is is true for uh, for you, I don't know you well, but I just can tell, is that you work really hard and most of us work really hard and we are not only working hard, we're giving to others. And so we need 
to attend to our own needs. We need to honor our own needs. We need to move into calm. And I sometimes have people just make a promise to themselves. I did that with a therapist today, to make a promise to herself from a place of deep integrity that she will do this every day or meditation or something where she goes into calm because she gives so much. And those of you who are not therapists, you need it too because you work, you take care of your families, you interact with people. We all need to, um, to have some time of stillness and calming. Yes, I love that you said that. And I'm so glad you brought it up. We didn't really talk about this, but um, I am a huge, huge believer in the importance of self-care for myself, my clients, everyone. And um, mindfulness has made a big difference for me in my personal life. And I use it with my clients because it's, it's very effective. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I think it's an interesting point, and I talk about this a lot with other therapists, how, you know, we do so much as therapists of taking care, and I think we tend to be anxious people. <laughs> um, so I sometimes wonder how, you know, how well we as therapists, when we're trying to help clients who have anxiety, how well do we really know and feel what it's like to have affect regulation? Well, that, that's an interesting question. So if I understand you right, you're saying, do we know how to calm ourselves? Right. Do we even know what the feeling is that we're trying to help our clients get to? And if we don't, you know, that we need to work on that too. Well, that, that's really interesting. We do. Um, it's, it's, I don't think it's in this book, but in one of my books, I talked about the research on mirroring, um, uh, uh, mirroring networks in the brain and co-regulation. So if, if one of your clients came into you and they were very anxious or had PTSD, 
if you move into a state of equanimity, that person would be affected by your calm. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if somebody's very anxious, um, he or she could be um, communicating to you. And particularly for therapists who really, most of us really want to help, if we begin to doubt ourselves, am I going to be able to help this person? Um, we can move into anxiety. So one of the nice things about practicing hypnosis, um, and um, which I do a lot of, is it gives you an opportunity at least to do a few of the things that you're telling people to do. So, for example, um, I didn't, but I could have done some breathing with you today. I could have um, gone to my safe place while you were going to yours. I did a little. So we have opportunity when we're talking about things, even if we're just saying, let's close our eyes and just focus on the breath for a moment. Um, You can do that. Um, That's a great example because we can regulate ourselves. I mean, I feel like it's an ongoing throughout any day, you know, you're, there's a process of regulating. It's not just, you know, when you feel really activated, but as therapists, there's so much emotional content in our day from other people and our own lives um, that I think, you know, being aware of what's happening inside of us all the time, like you said, the body is, you know, taking on, I can't remember the words you exactly used. The file cabinet for the mind. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be tuned into what we're experiencing so that we can stay regulated. So that's very, very true. I'm glad that you said that. And what I recommend people to do is to start the day, if they can, and get out their calendars. I had somebody today got out her calendar to see when she was going to do it. Um, and for about 20 minutes and then about three to five times a day, put your thumb and forefinger together and do some breathing for just 90 seconds. You can reset. And then when triggered, and that's where we get into the stop solution. Um, if you, um, uh, are triggered, um, and, um, then the first thing you need to do, stop is an acronym for stop and catch the emotion. T is for take a timeout. O is for overcoming emotional flooding. And P is put the tools into practice. So we're talking about two things that are on the app, by the way, that will be out there when the book comes out on the 25th. Um, there's an app that has the stop solution and the stress inoculation on there. So if you're triggered, um, let's say you have a, a, a client you're really worried about and um, you're nervous about this person and you want to do a good job, but they might be suicidal or who knows what. Um, take You can take um, 10 minutes before and say, there's the worry. There, and, and, and I'm feeling it in my in that pressure in my head. Um, and I'm scared. I'm scared. Whatever it is you're feeling, I'm, of course, making up things for you. Yeah, um, yeah. And then if you have 10 minutes, you might say, okay, I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting flooded here. So I need to take a time out. Now, timeouts are not just for children. It's just a little break so that we can downregulate the emotionality, downregulate the flooding. 
move into calm so that you can basically have perspective. So for in the T, you would just close your door in your office. Um, if you're if you're at a restaurant, you can go to the bathroom. There's always a way to take a little mini timeout. Um, and then um, what you can do is you can do the techniques that I taught you in the stress inoculation, um, the eye roll, the um, tight fist, the breathing. And there's a lot of different kinds of breathing to slow you, your body down. And, uh, and then if there's time, safe place. And then you can go into your neocortex that might say, uh, use past successes, say, um, I had difficult people before. And I wasn't sure if I could, if they were going to get better, and they did, or if they didn't get better quickly enough, I was there for them, or I had other resources for them. And then you could go into into fast forwarding um, six months from now when this person has really been using the tools you teach them, and they're better, maybe not all the way, but better, and you can enjoy that satisfaction. Or alternatively, I can go on and on. You can have in one hand the juxtaposition of thoughts and feelings. In one hand, you can have all your worry that you're not going to be a good enough therapist to this person who's traumatized and suicidal. But on the other hand, to know that you are competent, you are experienced, that you are wise, you are educated, and you can have both thoughts and feelings concurrently, and the one side can help the other. The stronger, more confident therapist can help the scared part. And I think we all still get scared uh, because we have big responsibilities seeing people who are suffering. But does that make sense? So you can, you can yeah. do stop. So there's the stress inoculation, but the stop solution um, is a bulk of the book for people to identify. And it's really important for them to catch it. That's hard. You have to train p- yourself to catch it. There it is. There it is that, um, that anger that, Nobody in this house picks anything up but me. <laughs> you know, um, I need a timeout before I yell at somebody and, you know, just go and make, take a timeout, do some calming, and then say, have perspective that I can sit down with the kids and talk to them about it. Or I can, when they're all 18, they'll leave and the house will be clean. <laughs> whatever it is. I'm just making things up on the spot. But I want to show you how you can use it for anything. You know, because we all get irritated, we all get annoyed, we all get anxious, we all get triggered in our relationships for some reason or another. Exactly. Um, Yeah, no, I think that was really helpful. And I think it's really great in the book. But also, I am so curious about the app. Um, You said the stress inoculation and the stop will both be in the app? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And will the app be available only to people who buy the book? Yes, I think so. I mean, there might be. I'm not the app lady, I have to admit. My yeah. so my younger associate who helped me on the book um, is is knows more about it. But I think they're in the book. It talks about that you can um, kind of upgrade. But I, this is new stuff for me. I, listen, I use the app. So this is the first one I've been in, somewhat involved in developing. Not very much, frankly. I just it was involved in writing the book and the recordings. Now, there, there is something else that is, makes it, I hope, very user-friendly, is there's an audio CD that comes with every book. 
If you got yes. the book now, the audio CD would be in it, but not the app yet, not till the 25th. And um, the audio CD people can download to their phones if they know how to do that, or they can find a CD player if their computer plays it. And then you can fast forward to any of your triggers. Mm-hmm. So again, today, if you're on... Um, um, I have a lot to do in the next few weeks. If I'm, if I'm worried about uh, that I have too much to do, I might uh, fast forward to the worried track, that kind of thing. Nice. And so, so what exactly is on the CD? I do have, I confess to you already that I didn't um, play the CD yet. It's in the book that I have, but I, I just haven't. I need to purchase a CD drive for my computer so I can play it because I didn't think I would want to do it in the car while I'm driving. You shouldn't do it in the car. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. Um, and, um, what's on the CD are um, my recordings of the stop solution, stress inoculation, and then all of the tools. Awesome. So I was just talking about the juxtaposition of two hands. Mm-hmm. There's that one. There's fast forwarding in there. There's remembering successes there's um wise compassionate self so that if you were annoyed at somebody you're in a relationship with you could move into compassion for yourself that you have to put up with this and also compassion for that person um there's mindfulness there's um there's the okay signal that i taught you so there's all there's recordings of every one of the tools and then you can package them whichever way you want so for one trigger, um, we have um, start with mindfulness and then wise self and then um, uh, uh, fast forwarding and so on. Like for somebody who's depressed, they might um, think they're always going to be like that. But fast forwarding to when things are better might be useful for them. So in the book, you'll see how they're categorized in the book that kind of um, we have bullet points of, of what's in the CD so you can do it by looking at the book or you can listen to my voice guiding you. Um, and there's about, I don't know how many hours. It could be up to 30 hours. Don't quote me on this. I'm forgetting. But um, there are a, there's a lot of material in that CD. You obviously don't listen to it all at once. You just may want to listen to the stop solution and the stress inoculation. And then when you're needing um, in, in, to access a part of self, then you fast forward into that track. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm looking at the book and it actually has an appendix where there's like a helpful little chart that says, you know, what the feeling is and then what the different tool sets are and the page number or the track number on the CD. So that's really great. I think this is a fantastic resource. Well, we're excited about it. We're excited about it. Um, I have to give my um, my co-author, Alyssa Leverbond, credit for those charts. I'm not the chart lady. I'm the material lady. So I developed the techniques over the years and, and do a lot of writing. But boy, was she helpful with that stuff where my brain doesn't go like charts and apps and stuff. So um, I'm very grateful. We, we were a good combo. She's a lot younger than I am. And so she knows um, things about technology that I don't know and so that's kind of how it worked. So bless Lisa Loverbaum for, for keeping things organized in that way. Yes, I really like the way it's organized because okay. it seems like it sort of targets the different ways that people learn and process yeah. and remember information. Right, right. 
Right. It's, um, um, I'm hoping that it'll help a lot of people. My other books don't have recordings with them. And I would get feedback from my clients. They'd say, Dr. Deitch, um, you know, I like reading the scripts in Anxious and Love, but, and it would say in Anxious and Love, you can record this or have somebody read it. But they, they would say, but I like listening to your voice. And so I thought, gee, that is a lot more user-friendly than just writing out the scripts. The first book, The Affect Regulation Toolbox, the clinician can read the scripts. Um, having said that, they need to individualize them, never use them. They use them as templates for ideas. But um, the, the two middle books, which were for clients um, and therapists, um, uh, it, some of the more ambitious ones would read them to each other if it was a couple or um, record them. But a lot of people just bought my audio CDs because it was simpler. And then I had two clients who said, Dr. J, you've got to have an app. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> an app? <laughs> and so when we were doing this, um, I said, Lisa, we need an app. Um, and she just took that and, and ran with it. So I give her credit for the the app development, but I give myself credit for the tools and the writing and like yeah, a lot of wonderful resources. And I laughed when you said, um, you know, people just buy my CDs because I didn't actually realize that you had those too. Now I'm looking and I'm like, oh my goodness, what a fantastic wealth of different ways to, you know, learn to become more calm and have more control over emotional regulation. And we need resources, all of us. Absolutely. Um, we, we, we need internal resources, like I was giving you the hypothetical example of you worrying about a client that you have a part of you that knows that you've had hard people before and you got through them and you've got that wise self in you. On the other hand, we have external resources. You know, we have colleagues, we have friends, we can have inspiring writings, we can um, listen to recordings. Um, learn from others. So um, accessing our internal and external resources is, um, is important. And not to forget, one of the things that is true with people with anxiety that's always true, if I can segue into this, is that people with anxiety overestimate the likelihood of catastrophes and underestimate their resources to deal with them. Yeah. yeah. And that goes with the emotional flooding, right? When you can't access the part of your brain that says, oh, I know what to do. Right. Or even if I don't know totally what to do, I trust that I'll get through it. Yeah. I'll get through it. Somehow I'll get through it. And that's why I'm such a, when I was actually, again, a young therapist, um, and I was learning about cognitive behavioral therapy, which I use a lot. I thought, hmm, this may not work unless we calm the body. Mm. Because the reality is that we can say to ourselves, I can handle it. But if the body's in an emotionally flooded state, in an emotionally flooded state, it's almost like I can handle it. It's like I can handle it in a whisper. And no, I can't. <laughs> it's a disaster. It's like with a loudspeaker. So we all have a neocortex. We all have a part of us that can have perspective. But if the body feels 
flooded, is flooded, not just feels flooded, is flooded with uh, cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine, um, the system feels we're not safe. And then the cognitive functioning actually shuts down. That's what happens with test anxiety. If you're too revved up, you cannot think. If you're too revved up, you can't even he- you can't take in your therapist or your best friend or your spouse's wise counsel, nor your own. So that's why in the stop solution, I'm so adamant about people calming first before they put the tools into into action or the P could have been perspective too. Yeah, that's so important for people to understand because, you know, and I'm working with a lot of survivors of trauma, as we both mentioned, um, when someone's triggered and they're literally in fight or flight or freeze, the cog- cognitive part, the thinking part of the brain is just not online. It's not. And that's the thing is that there needs to be, and like you said, online, there needs to be communication between the emotional centers of the brain and the neocortex. So um, that's hopefully where the, the, the stop solution will help, where you catch it that you're not going to say I'm not online, but you can say I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling revved, I'm overwhelmed, or I'm angry, or I'm worried. Um, and then give yourself an opportunity so there can be communication to the neocortex um, or the logical brain that can advise you what to do or even advise you um, uh, that you can get through things that are uncomfortable. Like you can say, um, I don't like public speaking. I don't want to do public speaking. And I can handle being uncomfortable. So in that kind of logic. Yes, and even, you know, I've done this. I don't like it, but I got through it before, and I will get through it again. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. But so that you can get to that point. So it isn't like that these techniques will make you um, happy about everything, (laughs) but to give you, because a lot of things in life that are tragic, um, but it's to get you calm enough so that either you can have optimism that things will get better, or if they don't get better, like somebody who's living with a disabled child or uh, have a health crisis themselves, that I can look forward to, to having enough emotional resilience to handle it. Yes. And then the last part that I do want to um, to talk about, and this is this is a big challenge for clinicians and for people also who are just trying to remember to exercise or floss their teeth or whatever. Um, there's a section in all of my books about how to um, um, follow through. Sometimes I was asked the other day on an interview, what's the hardest thing for people with anxiety? And I said, is to catch it and, and do what, and do what works. Um, the hardest part is getting in the habit of doing this. So, um, there's a track on the audio CD where you get into the wise disciplined self that, um, sees themselves 
practicing the techniques um, so that you can visualize, that you can get in touch with that part of you that is kind of like a parent or a teacher or disciplined and that says, you need to do this. And then to feel the satisfaction that you would feel if you got into the habit. Um, it, it's been said, um, quoted a yoga teacher in, in my, in, 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 in both the first and this book, I think, it, if I remember correct, it takes 40 days to start a habit, um, 120 days for the habit to begin to sustain, and 1,000 days for the habit to become who you are. So it, 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 we need to get in the habit of doing this. And that takes, that takes discipline. That takes talking to that part of yourself that wants to read the newspaper rather than start the day mm-hmm. <laughs> meditation. Um, that, takes, that takes discipline. And, and, um, and, but all of us have a disciplined side. Um, if you've been a parent or disciplined a pet or again, flossed your teeth when you felt like going to sleep. Instead, um, we have a discipline side. And that discipline can manage the part of you that says, I don't feel like it. And again, the more you practice, people, my clients are just so habituated to doing this that it doesn't require much effort anymore on their part. Yeah, I like that perspective because people always talk about, oh, you know, you have to do things. I've heard 21 days and... 30 days to develop a habit, but that's, that's not the whole story. What you just said. I do not believe it in my experience. Yeah. That's why the, the gyms are busy in January and people are there for 30 days. And by mid February, they're empty again. No, it takes, it probably takes about three years. We're, um, we're going to the gym every day or doing your yoga or doing your mindfulness. Um, it's such a habit that even if you get sick and you can't go, you go back to it. Right. And we we might say, well, three years, that's a really long time. But those three years are still going to pass whether you are working on right. that good habit or not. So. Exactly. exactly. And, and that this is also um, up for the, the therapist. Sometimes I'll joke with my clients and say I'm a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I check on whether they're doing these things. And if they're not doing them, we take out their calendar and see when they can do them. And then visualize doing them before they leave. And a woman again today, a therapist, she, she made a promise to herself. She visualized where she was going to do her, her um, stress inoculation every day. Uh, made a fist to be determined with it. And I'll check with her next week if she did it. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of that support and helping build that habit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Carolyn, this has been so interesting. And I know a lot of people are going to find everything you've talked about really helpful, including just the examples that you gave and your books and your workbook and your CDs on your website you know, the book should be in stores or in on Amazon at the time when this airs. Right, right. So definitely yeah. look for that. And I have it in front of me and it is really great. So I thank you so much for being on Therapy Chat today. Oh, it was my pleasure. You were a delight to talk to and um, it was really fun to talk about this work. 
Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. I'm so grateful that Dr. Carolyn Dage agreed to be interviewed on Therapy Chat today. I thought the information she shared about anxiety affect regulation, and the stress inoculation techniques she taught, as well as talking about her stop solution, was extremely helpful. Her latest book, Road to Calm Workbook, will be out on April 25th, 2016. And you can find that book on Amazon, and you can get more information about what Dr. Deitch is doing by visiting her website, which is Carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N, Dach, D-A-I-T-C-H, Ph-D.com. Hi, this is Laura Reagan, your host for Therapy Chat. All of you trauma therapists in the audience, I want to tell you about a special offering. I'm creating a community for trauma therapists. Do you ever feel like you're climbing a mountain all alone, wishing you had someone to guide you? Working as a trauma therapist can feel overwhelming and affect us in so many ways. Gather with us for clinical case consultation, camaraderie, and support to combat the isolation. Join a group of fellow trauma professionals who will come together to share collective wisdom and effective strategies for working with clients, as well as help taking care of ourselves so we can continue to practice effectively and ethically for years to come. Registration opens soon, and to get the information, sign up by visiting my website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com and click on Trauma Therapist Community. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.